Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Alpharetta Tech Talk. I'm John Ray, and we are coming to you from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta. Folks, today you are connected more than ever, whether it's your friends, your family, or your life, Renaissance understands how you bank, offering the mobile banking services that you need. Renaissance also knows that sometimes you need to speak to real people with real answers, and that's why Renaissance has more than 190 convenient locations throughout the South ready to serve you. For more information, go to renaissancebank.com, Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Rachel Stuve. Rachel is the Director of Analytics with Golden Seeds. Rachel, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So tell us about you, tell us about what you're up to, and tell us about Golden Seeds. Yeah, so I have been in in analytics for a long time. It actually was not called analytics when I got into it. And the interesting thing is that I've always – been very technically minded, very much into learning and creation. And I actually wanted to be a veterinarian when I was in, in college. Really? Yes. And I spent all of my days in the barns and the horse stables and and veterinarians. And one day I was at, at we were doing an exam of a horse and the veterinarian grabs out this glove that goes all the way up to her shoulder. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, maybe I better have a different career. I'm not sure this one's exactly <laughs> for me. Right. That brought up something you really didn't want to go into, right? Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the time there was, it was the technology age and, and I really enjoyed the problem solving the technology. So analytics just naturally drew me. And then my career has progressed through as technology has evolved and uh, different, different problems come up. Uh, so that's a little bit about just my career Sure. with Golden Seeds. So Golden Seeds is an angel funding group na- nationwide. And we do have a chapter here in Atlanta. And we focus on investing in female entrepreneurs and female startups. So historically, there's been some very interesting studies that have shown that female-owned businesses will typically have higher returns than male-owned businesses. Uh, But unfortunately, they get much less than half of the angel capital and the venture funding that's out there. So, I want to come back to that, why that is, but keep going. Yeah. So Golden Seeds was founded in 2005 as a national group. And our mission is to invest in and mentor female entrepreneurs. So even though we are an angel funding group and we want to make returns on our investments, there's very much a portion of our organization that's dedicated to mentoring and connecting the female entrepreneurs to make sure that they are successful and that we're not just giving them capital, but we're giving them advice and expertise as well. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. So I want to come back to get right in on that. I want to talk about golden seeds, obviously, but, but let's talk about why it is that, um, female entrepreneurs, number one, 
don't get the funding that male entrepreneurs do? Why does that happen? That's a, that's a good question. There's a lot of reasons. Um, part of the reason is that for some portion of history, females weren't as encouraged as much as males to start businesses. True. So just the natural ecosystem, less females have gotten into it. Uh, there's also an interesting cultural aspect of when a male comes into a room and he's commanding the room and can be very authoritative, it it can create in society sometimes different cultural connotations than when a woman would do the same thing. So there's that, that portion. Uh, and some women are also not as comfortable as, as coming forward and asking where men sometimes are more comfortable just going up and saying, I need funding and doing a pitch where women uh, are not always as comfortable doing that. Um, yeah. So, but here's what's, um, I mean, I understand all the, all those cultural uh, reasons, I guess what's, a little odd to me is how numbers oriented the investment industry is, right? Yeah. And when you know, we see study after study, it's not just one isolated study. It's study after study that female entrepreneurs have offer better returns than male entrepreneurs generally. And as numbers oriented as this industry is, the investment industry is, you would think they would pay attention to that. Well, they're they're starting to. Okay. So that's a really good a really good point. They're starting to. So even though females are historically underfunded, the amount of capital that's going to female entrepreneurs is increasing. I actually just read an article this morning that this year or this year so far has been the highest amount of angel and VC capital that's been piped into female owned businesses. So I think that numbers oriented they're the investment community starting to notice. There's also a lot more focus and on, on female entrepreneurs from some of the startups. And there's a lot of different programs that have been started in the somewhat recent years that specifically focus on female entrepreneurs and teaching them how to do pitches and how to walk into a room and, and run businesses. So sure. I think that, that they're starting to notice. So talk a little bit about how a uh, golden seeds mentors entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll talk about the investment side of it in a second, but I'm interested in how, um, because w- w- when Golden Seeds invest, there's more than just the money, right? There's yes. there's the mentorship. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. So part of Golden Seeds agreement with the members, the investors, is that there is an expectation of time and mentoring commitment. So we very much expect our members to give time. And here in Atlanta, we do that a couple different ways. So Golden Seeds Atlanta holds office hours on a monthly basis, typically down in Atlanta. We partner with Atlanta Tech Village. And those are open sessions where female entrepreneurs from all segments, all spectrums are come in. There's no charge for that. 
And we have various professionals from different industries. So there's legal, myself analytics, there's a lot of financial, a lot of operations. And we'll sit with the entrepreneurs one-on-one and talk about their businesses. So that's one way. Uh, We also keep a wide network. So if we have an entrepreneur that is in need of a certain specialty, we collectively as a group will leverage our network and connect that with the entrepreneur. So it's it's a great networking opportunity as well. Uh, and then the third way is that we do offer some other various educational components to our entrepreneurs as well along the way. So tell us a little bit about the mentoring you specifically provide around data analytics because that's where you that's your sweet spot yeah i love the data analytics Mm -hmm. so the mentoring i do is uh, multifold Um, part of what i'll talk about with the startups is how to at a base level collect data so think about what types of problems you want to solve And then what would be the types of data that you would need to collect in order to find the answers to those problems? So it's kind of working backwards. I think sometimes people start with the data and they want to look for patterns or try to answer questions where I've found that it's much more effective to actually start with the question first and then work your way backwards into what data that you need. Sure. So we talk about that. We'll talk about monetizing. So a lot of the startups want to monetize the data, and we'll talk about how you would do that. So there's security considerations. There is um, how you can potentially monetize it without alienating your organization. We all know what happened to Facebook. Yeah. For sure. Not the only ones doing that, right? uh, but certainly the most public. Right. So we talk about those types of considerations or just even potentially supplemental uh, products. One of the things that I really preach with data is the customer experience and really understanding your customer. So how is it that they are truly interacting with your organization what time of day, where are they, what what mediums, how frequent, what are they saying. And if you can put the data together and have a better understanding of your whole customer experience, your customer journey, then you're better able to leverage your business and your expertise to actually give your customers what they want. And I think sometimes organizations look at data collection as this kind of supplemental, we'll do this over here on the side. Right. When in actuality, if it's done correctly, can be a core part of how you make business decisions. So unpack the doing it correctly part. Tell folks what you mean by that. How do you do it correctly? Well, that's, Doing it correctly also kind of varies on yeah. on what company. Sure. Uh, but the, the first thing really at the core is data security. So when you're collecting data, you want to make sure that you have the appropriate 
electronic security controls in place, that you have auditing, that you're controlling who has access to that data. So even if it's not private data, for example, healthcare data is, is very protected. Um, so sometimes companies that are just collecting maybe your name and your email might not feel they need to have as much diligence where in the fact, if your email gets hacked and you're going to be upset as a customer. Sure. So there really has to be a lot of, of data security at the base level. Uh, the next doing it right tier yeah. is really thinking about the that question. What do we want to answer? Uh, how do we want to know our customer? What types of decisions do we need to make? So one of the examples that I use in retail that I was talking with a customer was to, to really unpack it on six levels. So start with your big goal. And usually everyone says, oh, to make more money. <laughs> and okay, well, well that, all right, that's level one. So level two, how are we going to do that? Oh, we're going to sell more. That's how we're going to make, okay, level, level two. So then we go down to level three. Well, how are we going to sell more? And then we start really looking at what products are really profitable, what customers are your top customers that you may want to retain? Are certain coupons or marketing campaigns really effective? Or did you spend a lot of money and it did not bring anybody in? Are there potential partnerships that you could make with other companies or other products that your customers might utilize in conjunction with your own? So really unpacking that level to say, how is it that we really want to understand our customer so that we can address their concerns, we can reach out to them, we can customize things for them, and really make sure that they're having a good experience. Sure. Um, folks, if you are just joining us, we are with Rachel Stuve. She is the Director of Analytics for Golden Seeds. Um, just a general question about companies that are collecting data. Um, you, you, you say to start with the problem you're trying to solve, and then that really, everything kind of flows from there. Um, how do I know I'm, uh, how do I make sure I'm collecting the right data? Because uh, that, that can be a problem, right? Because I get into uh, uh, customer discovery, let's say, and I find out, I've got a pr different problem I really need to solve for my right. for my customer, right? Yes. So unpack that a little bit. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, sometimes you, you don't entirely know that right. you're collecting the real data. So I had a customer that had a rewards program that they marketed to their, their highest value customers. And they had a huge marketing campaign around this. Uh, and part of the campaign they were trying to be creative was somewhat fictitious. And they, the, the goal of the campaign was, oh, we're going to get more people into the program and they're going to see how great it is. And what really ultimately ended up happening is that the top customers didn't realize that part of the campaign was fictitious. And so they were contacting the company and saying, well, hey, I'm one of your top customers. Why don't I have this really cool benefit or this really cool 
card. Uh-oh. And so what ultimately ended up happening was kind of the reverse of what they what they wanted. Mm. So their top customers were the ones that were calling in saying, hey, I, I want this. Sure. Um, and the, the interesting thing is that for them, it really brought to light the fact that, hey, maybe there's a, another program or another way that we can reward our customers that we, we didn't think. Right. So sometimes you may not necessarily be collecting the right data for your question, but the interesting thing about analytics is that you will find this whole other world or this that you didn't know. So while that company may not have asked that question of how can we better reward our top customers, they ultimately got a very valuable and profitable insight kind of by accident from that. And when you can take a look at your data and do your trending on it, that's what brings to light other aspects that you may not necessarily know. Now, you work and and have worked with a variety of companies in your career. Um, I guess talk generally about the importance of analytics when it comes to uh, making your uh, self more competitive and making better decisions. Yeah. So uh, there was an interesting, um, another article that I read that companies that have robust analytics programs will have on average a three times higher return on their equity and their investments than organizations that do not have analytics programs. Wow. That's, I thought that was very interesting. That's striking. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so part of, not all of that can be attributed to analytics. Part of that can be attributed to the fact that when you're a data-driven organization and that is the culture, that typically what happens is other areas of the organization start to really dig in to say, well, how could we better do something or how could we innovate? So from one aspect, having an analytics program drives a sense of ownership and responsibility and creativity in other areas of an organization. The part that can be attributed to analytics is there, there's so many different areas. I, I could probably go on for an hour Um, But there's a lot that can be done with trending. So I can look at cyclical trends and I can staff my locations appropriately up or down instead of reacting. I can be proactive. There's a lot from a purchasing perspective where you can put things together and say, well, I ordered this product and this product And they're really the same product, even though they might have different identifiers or SKUs. So let me combine that order and save money. Mm -hmm. And without analytics, you're not going to be able to see those relationships. Right. From a retail and, and, and B to C perspective, there's a lot that can be done with analytics to predict customer churn. So you can reach out to your customers There's a lot that can be done to look at sales effectiveness, be it upselling products or 
um, suggesting products. Mm. I think we've probably all been on Amazon and ordered something and the, the box comes up. Oh, you probably like this. <laughs> And they're getting really good at it. Sure. So there's been a lot of times, even myself, thinking, oh, yeah, I actually would really like that. And yeah. I click it and I buy it. They know what you like before you do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, it certainly seems that way. Um, so obviously big demand out there for analytics professionals. So for organizations that are looking for um, uh, analytics experts, what should they look for? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, One of the things that I think makes the most effective analytics expert is the ability to simplify and tell a story. So an analytics team could have the most innovative and groundbreaking algorithm, but if they can't communicate that in business terms into something that someone can actually make a decision on, it ultimately becomes useless. So one of the the greatest skills that I always look for and that I encourage other people to look for is those soft skills. So can people tell a story? Can they relate? Can they get up and make a presentation just the same as they can go and work with someone one-on-one and explain that? So I think that is a very critical piece to being very successful in analytics. My wife, the English teacher applauds this because uh, (laughs) (laughs) since one of the things she does is teach middle schoolers how to make presentations. So, uh, 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 so that's wonderful. Now let's talk to folks that are looking maybe to, uh, to pursue an analytics analytics career. Um, you talked about some of those soft skills presentation, um, but you know, what kind of track should they take in terms of their education generally? I mean, what, and, and what kind of companies are hiring in this area? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So from a career perspective of someone looking to change or start out in the career, it's a very math oriented career. So I always recommend to people be very strong in math and statistics because there's still the, the technology is going to change. The tools are going to change. There's certain tools out there right now that are very popular. Those were not the tools that were being used five, 10 years ago. So the, the platform is going to change. If you understand pattern recognition, statistical relevance, mathematics, you're going to be able to learn the various tools. So I always strongly recommend to have a math background. From a technology perspective, there are certain languages that are very core that are not going to fundamentally change. So there's SQL, which is the language to query databases. There's R and Python, which are statistical related programming languages at a base. So those types of core languages I also recommend to learn because most of the tools that will sit on on top will sit on the the base of those languages. Awesome. We're speaking with Rachel Stuve and Rachel is the director of analytics for Golden Seeds. Um I'd like to come back if we can uh to golden seeds a little more on that because I want to give um, 
folks a little bit of more of an overview on that. So you've got, it's essentially an angel investment organization. Um, talk to angels out there that might be interested in being part of Golden Seed. You mentioned they require mentorship. Let's talk about the investment side of that. Yep. So on the investment side, we are an angel funding group. So we do have the requirement that investors need to be accredited investors per the standard IRS rules. Outside of that, we do have uh, the mentoring piece. But from the investment piece, the thing that I've found really interesting in the conversations that I've had with people, there's really two things. One, they weren't aware that there was a group specifically related to building up women businesses. And I've met so many people, men and women, that that really want to get involved. And, they, oh, my gosh, I never knew that this existed. Right. So I would say it does exist. Um, so please come and look us up. Come and join us. Sure. Um, but also, too, something that I found really interesting talking to people is that I think sometimes people hear venture capital or angel investment and they think, oh, I need to invest millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so they feel that that might be out of their reach. Where in reality, uh, the Golden Seeds has a very low investment limit. Um, that's very much lower than what most people would anticipate so you don't need to have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And so people that I have talked to have said, oh, wow, that, that's much less threshold than I thought. And so our, our group is a lot of professionals. We're all accredited investors, but we're not the Warren Buffetts of the world. We're, we're professionals. We're regular people. Sure. Um, and and uh, just – just to be clear, though, even though the investment size is maybe smaller mm -hmm. than what people expect, they still have to be accredited uh, investors. Yes, you still right. have to be an accredited investor. And the way that we typically work on Golden Seeds is that each investor will have the, op uh, the decision or the option to choose what companies they invest but we pull multiple investors or multiple interested investors together uh, to make a bigger impact with the organization. And you've got uh, chapters across the country. We do. So in Atlanta here, we have about 20 members in Atlanta. So we're growing very quickly. Uh, but across the, the, the country, we have over 200 members across the country with offices in New York, Boston, Silicon Valley, Houston, uh, and I'd have to check. There's a couple more, but Dallas, Dallas, yeah. yes, right. We have, uh, but we it's also nice when you give me notes here, uh, <laughs> Rachel. Thank you for that. See, I look smart. I, 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 should, I should read my own notes. I guess. Oh, um, but but uh, and just to be clear, while your your investment focus is females. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, members can be male or female. Right? Yes. All right. Yep. We do have male members. Uh, because as they're well. looking for better returns, right? Yes. Oh. As, as we talked earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great way to diversify your portfolio 
if you have historically invested in equities or uh, different different funds like that, it's a good way to diversify. Uh, but it's also really good for our local community. So for me, one of the things that I really like about it and has been echoed in other members of Golden Seeds is not just the diversification, but that you you personally feel vested or attached in these companies because they're right in your community. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. Uh, great work. Um, so we're, we're, as we kind of get toward the end here, I do want to get back and, and, um, cover one little aspect of, of, uh, data, data analytics. And that's kind of trends because we see increasing, uh, effect of AI and, and, you know, all sorts of things that are going on from a technology point of view that bring data even further into our lives. Right. Uh, what do you see out there in terms of where this, this whole area is going? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So the interesting thing about AI is I'll have people come up to me and talk about machine learning and AI and, Oh, it's like that movie minority report. That 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 was out a couple, right? Probably more than a couple years ago, um, and the thing I tell them is, well, remember how that movie ended? Is they shut down the whole system, they reversed all of the work it did, and the creator ultimately died in the movie. So, um, I, as much as I think AI is a trend in machine learning. It's it's not going to replace humans. Sure. A lot of the trending in machine learning and AI is supplementing human decisions. So it's bringing forth patterns that may not have been um, immediately recognizable by a human, giving additional options or making recommendations. But there still is and there's always going to be that human aspect. So I, I really don't see machine learning as ever replacing humans. It's, it's augmenting and kind of freeing us up to, to do what we're better at doing. So for example, in healthcare, if doctors can spend less time on billing or, or claims or, or putting together all the different doctors that a particular patient may see, they can spend more time doing what they're really good at, which is the medical part of their profession. Sure. And, and there, there, I guess, human emotions like empathy, that's going <laughs> to, for example, that uh, are going to be hard to come out of uh, some sort of computing system. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rachel, this has been great. And, uh, we, we, uh, we could go on for quite a while. A lot more questions I have, but uh, we're, we've got to stop somewhere and uh, uh, let people know how they can be in touch with you. So for those that would like to be in touch, would like more information, tell them either from you on analytics or on Golden Seeds. Uh, tell them how they can do that. Yeah. So for information on Golden Seeds, we do have a website. It's goldenseeds.com or Google is also our friend as well. Uh, there's a, a LinkedIn page as well for Golden Seeds, as well as a Twitter account. 
For me, the best way to reach is through LinkedIn. Just Rachel Stuve at on LinkedIn. You'll see me there based in Atlanta. And I'd love to get in touch with anyone that wants more information. Absolutely would love to share with them the mission of Golden Seeds that we're doing, uh, what we're doing for the community, and, and really what we're doing for the tech industry across the country. Awesome. Rachel Stuve with Golden Seeds. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, folks, just a reminder that you can listen to this show on demand uh, on really any of your uh, podcast apps. I have yet to be stumped on any podcast app we cannot be found on. Uh, so that's Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, um, really pretty much any podcast app and actually we're on youtube as well uh but uh go search for north fulton business radio you'll find uh this show along with uh a whole archive of shows that we've done over the years uh north fulton business radio.com is our website and you can find us there and our show archive there as well um we're also on twitter facebook and linkedin north fulton BRX. So for my guest, Rachel Stuve, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Alpharetta Tech Talk.